Welcome back to Duke Chat. For this week, we're going to be taking a dive into JMU men's and women's tennis and what they're doing in the fall season to get ready for spring CAA play. Welcome back, everybody, to Duke Chat. My name is Madison Heretzik, and I am with my co-sports editor, Savannah Rieger, and we are joined today by yet another one of our lovely staff writers, Mr. Craig Mathias. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Craig. So I am Craig Mathias. I am a junior here at James Madison. I'm a sport and recreation management major, and I joined the Breeze last semester. I am also on the men's and women's tennis beat here at the Breeze. Yeah, we're excited to have you on today, Craig, and we're excited to talk about both uh, JMU men's and women's tennis who are actually starting their fall seasons now and are looking forward to, you know, the rest of the fall and the spring. Yeah, it's definitely important that both teams get a fall season this year um, to prepare for CAA play and team play in the spring. Um, as, these, as these fall tournaments are more individual-based and they're looking to just get back on the court after you know, an off-season this summer and they're trying to figure out, especially their doubles teams, um, playing these different tournaments with different players on the team, and they're trying to figure out how to set the lineup for the spring. It'll be interesting to see how this team kind of develops, especially now that you mentioned that having a fall season is a lot of individual work. Coaches are able to kind of really see how players work together. We get to bring up my favorite word again, chemistry. Um, but we get to see how they're going to develop together when they do get the opportunity to do in team and individual play, especially as the fall season goes along and we'll see more of that team play. But it'll be interesting to see how this team develops. And I'm excited to learn a little bit more from your point of view. And we get to talk about all things from this team. Yeah, so you know, first today we're going to get into uh, Jamie Women's Tennis, who competed all over the weekend this past weekend at the Hokie Fall Invite. So yeah, Jamie Women's Tennis down at uh, Blacksburg. They saw the whole team compete in singles and doubles. They had three, they had two doubles teams and a singles player uh, win their flight. Um, Amanda Nord won her singles flight. Then Nord and her partner Natalia Nikolopoulou won their doubles flight. And Daria Afanasieva and Kylie Millen also won their doubles flight this weekend. Um, pretty successful weekend for the team. Well, that shows a lot of potential really early on, don't you think? Oh, definitely. So for somebody like Nord, who didn't really get much action in the singles lineup last year, for her to not only play singles, get some experience in singles, to win her flight, that's definitely really important and it's promising as they look to try to replace those two starters. And on top of that, she also won her doubles flight, but we already knew that she was a good doubles player from last year. She helped out a lot in the CAA tournament. And on top of that, the other doubles team also winning their flight. It shows that they're starting to build this doubles chemistry, as you said earlier, with chemistry, and they look to improve, and they'll have another tournament next weekend, and they'll just look to build off that, too. So to kind of take it back a little bit to last season, women's tennis won the CAA. They went to the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, they were swept in the first round 4-0 to Tennessee, who is now in the top five in the country, I believe. But... I mean, it shows a lot of potential. They have a lot of their returning players coming back. Unfortunately, Jonah and Alexis are not a part of this team. Alexis graduated, and Jonah is actually a student assistant coach now. But, you know, you kind of look back at the spring season and what they were able to accomplish and being able to defend their title and win their second ever CAA championship. You see a lot of differences, but at the end of the day, this is still a very similar team at its core. Yeah, looking back um, on their, you know, they won in 2019, as you said, it was their first. Won it back in the spring. They're bringing back everybody except two, but Jonah's still here as a student assistant coach. And there's just so much, there's just so much more to build on. You know, they're bringing in a couple of freshmen, one of the freshmen being um, Hope Mullen, who is Kylie's younger sister, Kylie, a junior on the team. And they're also bringing in the other freshman, Alexa Prudente. But going back to the uh, NCAA tournament, like you said, they lost 4-0 to Tennessee, but... 
Um, the way tennis works, once a team gets four, the match stop. The team match stops. They were actually up in two of the individual matches, and the other one was still going on. So it could have been four two or even four three, which is a lot closer than what four zero shows. And I think that's a fair assumption of this team that despite losing two starters, they're still bringing back a lot of their core. They're bringing back the number one player in Daria. And yeah, they'll be right back there in the CAA and hopefully in the NCAA as well. Yeah, and I mean, if you look back at that NCAA tournament, yeah, they went out kind of early, but I mean, they were playing Tennessee and they were at UVA. And if I'm not mistaken, UVA went really far in that tournament, right? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, you got to look at this. This is a lot to build off of. From what I remember about the CAA tournament back in the spring, they were pretty dominant over with the teams that they were beating. So they have most of the same pieces. They have new pieces. And I think they have a really good outlook so far. So as we've mentioned, a lot of the team is a little bit different, but at the core, it's still very similar. We're going to see a lot of similar doubles pairings heading into the competition season. However, what the biggest point that this team is going to have to figure out is how they're going to develop without Jonah Roca and Alexis Franco, the two graduated. And Jonah Roca is now an assistant coach, which is great because we've had the opportunity to see her leadership skills in years past. Yeah, I mean, so when I first started covering this team back in 2020, before everything got shut down um it was Jenna Roca and it was the sophomores and that was the team and so she had to have that leadership level and she does obviously she was a fifth sixth year player at Jamie for Jamie women's tennis and she brings a lot of vocal to the team um more than she did as she was in her younger years and her underclassmen years uh, but now as she's gone through it she's become such an important leader and important player to them so it's going to be hard to kind of replace her loss there on the court well, so you talk about her being a leader. You had the opportunity to talk to her about her leadership skills back before COVID happened. So I'm curious to know, after knowing that you've had those conversations and been able to write something about those skills, what do you think kind of will the team will hone in on to be able to learn a little bit more now that she's stepped into a coaching role rather than being on the court? I think that that's going to transition really well because now she doesn't have to focus on playing herself. She doesn't have to focus on putting the time in the workout room and in the weight room and doing all this stuff. She can focus on training others. And I think that's going to help her leadership levels develop even more is the ability to just look on the court and see what's happening rather than to just have to watch a video about what she's done. But she's going to see it head on, eyes first, and that's going to be really important. Absolutely. And so, I mean, we've talked about the seniors that are graduated and now have moved on. There's two of them, as we've mentioned, but we get two new freshmen that are joining the group. So, Craig, what, do you, what have you seen with these freshmen so far? Yeah, so the two freshmen they brought in, um, Alexandra Prudente and Hope Mulland, who is actually um, the younger sister of Kylie on the team. And uh, Prudente this weekend actually did really well. Um, she won both consolation finals in singles and doubles. And for Hope, um, she also got some experience this weekend. And if she can do what Kylie has been able to do for this program, then JMU is in a really good spot. And, you know, we looked at some of the freshmen, but as we said before, there are so many returning players to JMU women's tennis this year. And... This fall season is so important for the development level, for that skill level, and just how are they going to transition what they learn in the fall to the spring season? So what's nice about the fall is that everybody gets to play their individual season. They get to play the singles in the same flight. It's not like when you're playing positions one to six in the spring when you're playing team. So everybody's getting that singles experience, especially with the doubles too. You get to try out um, different pairings, get to see who works with who. And what's nice is you get a tournament every weekend. So if you want to use different pairings for different tournaments, you're free to do that. And what's nice is that they're going to keep playing these good teams. They're going to go to these good tournaments like Virginia Tech. They'll go to Maryland next weekend. Then they'll have IT after that and yeah they'll just get to see what what they have and what the freshmen can bring and hopefully Jonah can help out as a student assistant uh, coach and they'll hope to build off that for the spring 
So you mentioned the fact that they're going to be doing different pairings. What I think it's interesting about that is that that means that there's going to be a lot of trial and error or trial and success, depending on which way you look at it and how these pairings perform. So kind of based off last season and how they did, and I mean, they were pretty dominant during the CAA championship last season. And going into this season, they'll have two new freshmen to kind of adapt and grow with. We've talked about how we're going to see similar pairings, but what do we? where do we think the freshmen are going to fit in? Because you do have a few current players that were partners with Jonah and were partners with Alexis. So is this something that we're likely going to see then the freshmen are just going to be stuck with them, or is this going to be a whole new chemistry for everybody? So going back off of last season, the one pairing that did say the same for doubles was Amanda and uh, Natalia. They played three doubles. They actually won a lot. That was one of the main reasons why they were able to win the CAA championship, especially against Women Mary. When it came down, it was four to three, and the doubles point was the difference. But for the freshmen, for their reason, for how they're going to contribute to the team, it's not. I'm not really sure. Um, we're, we're just not really sure yet because there's six positions, but that six singles and then doubles. You can also play doubles and singles, so it's not really. We're not really sure what they're going to do yet, and we'll just we'll just have to keep track of who plays with who in these fall uh, individual tournaments. And you know, as we get closer to the spring, we'll probably have a better idea of how that'll work out. You play tennis. How good or how easy is it to adapt to playing with a new partner versus playing with a partner you play with all year in the spring? Um, it's definitely an adjustment, um, depending on whether they're right or left-handed or whether they like to play at net or whether they like to you know, hit more close to the baseline. There's just so many factors. Um, and the key is definitely you have to keep, you have to play a lot. You have to keep playing with the same person. So there doesn't have to be of like, okay, he's going to be there. I'm going to be here. You have to, there has to be that second nature of where you know where he wants to go and what you want to do. And there's just, it's just a lot about experience and getting those matches in, getting those tournaments in, getting playing together and building that chemistry together. So we talk about a lot of what this team needs to bring to the table, but there are a bunch of things that this team already has for them to have the ability to potentially three-peat this season. And one person that I think really has the opportunity to take advantage of being a senior and having that leadership is Amanda Nord. We love seeing that energy that she brings onto the court every single match that she plays. And that's something she can use to her advantage this year. As a senior in a more mature team, we'll be able to see how each senior or upperclassman brings their own style of leadership on to this program. And Amanda Nord, like I've mentioned, has a lot of energy. So she can bring that enthusiasm and that over-the-top excitement that we love to see out of our athletes. And that's going to be a really important factor with this team and how competitive they are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, outside of Nord, the other person or the other player that I would think that would stand out is Daria. Um, Anytime you're able to bring your number one player back, that's a good sign. Um, and especially how Daria played last year. If she can improve off that, um, getting through these individual tournaments, um, combination of her and Nord, um, it'll make Jamie really tough to beat. I also like the idea of using the Mullen sisters to their advantage, um, using chemistry that they can have together from growing up playing together and then transferring that over to the college level will be really interesting. It's also interesting because they're going to practice together. They're probably going to train together. They've done it their whole lives. So to see how they take that training to the next level now that they have college stakes at hand, it will be really interesting to see. Well, clearly this team has a lot of weapons in their arsenal that they can use throughout the season, both fall and spring. So it'll be really interesting to see how this team develops. They continue to play each weekend throughout the fall as they close out their fall season. They just started this past weekend. You can read about that on The Breeze right now. And once they hit the spring season, it'll be ready to go for CAA play. 
And, you know, uh, despite how successful Jamie Women's Tennis was last year and this past weekend, uh, Jamie Men's Tennis also competed over the weekend, and they're trying to build off that uh, semifinal CAA tournament finish from the spring. Yeah, last spring, um, it played out exactly how 2019 did, unfortunately. They got to the semifinals after a pretty solid regular season, but ran into the CAA champions, the powerhouse of men's tennis, UNC Wilmington, who, again, beat them in the semifinal in 2019, went on to win it, and the same thing happened in the spring where UNC Wilmington uh, ended Jamie's uh, CA season. So they'll look to build off that, bringing in a couple freshmen and uh, returning players such as Holden Coons, William Karpinski, and other returning players. So you mentioned UNC being kind of like a powerhouse and how they've won the past two CAA tournaments and moving on to the NCAA tournament. So that means that they've kind of developed into this dominant force. And so what do you think early on? I know that they've only played one tournament so far, but what is something that you've seen or you would like to see JMU men's tennis do to potentially go on and defeat UNCW in this coming spring? Well, to... Top UNC Wilmington has been a powerhouse for, I mean, as long as uh, most of us can remember. Um, they're going to have to build, like you said, you got to build this chemistry. Um, they just got to keep, um, it's funny because they actually, the tournament they played this weekend wasn't UNC Wilmington where they were playing a lot of those players running into, you know, UNC Wilmington. And they're just going to have to keep playing these tournaments, develop that lineup. They're returning their number one player, but they're, hope, they're also hoping to incorporate these freshmen into the lineup to hopefully knock off UNC Wilmington. So you mentioned that UNCW is going to have players returning. Well, JMU's got a really big name returning this year. Holden Coons is back for this team. He was the CAA Co-Rookie of the Year and made first team in singles and doubles for the CAA tournament last last spring. So another big name coming back for the Dukes this year. And it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table again in his junior campaign. Yeah, Coons is really broke out on the scene last year. You know, he did he had that 2020 season where eventually it was shut down, and so he didn't really get to, you know, like nobody did, got to play to their fullest potential. But then last year, you know, he completely breaks out. He completely dominates, and he just shows why he's one of the top players on Jamie Men's Tennis. But with Men's Tennis, it, that team gets so underrated all the time. But they have so much skill level on here. I mean, if you look at Jamie Men's Tennis' Holden Coons and Jamie Softball's Sarah Jubis, right? Jubas had didn't take that red shirt year. Coons also isn't taking that red shirt year, but they're both extremely talented and both completely under the radar. And I think that's exactly what you need to look like with Holton Coons this year. Well, it's interesting you bring up that like underdog, underrated mentality because that's a lot of what JMU men's tennis kind of looks like. You kind of see this team that almost is not necessarily as well known because you have JMU's women, women's tennis, who's kind of become a powerhouse over the last two seasons. But that underdog mentality is so important for teams to be able to kind of come up and have a breakout season, almost like JMU softball did, if we're going to tie it right back to softball. But that's something that is really interesting that you bring that up because Holden has that potential to lead this team as a junior to have that underdog mentality to be able to go out and potentially beat UNCW. Yeah, well, for Holden, obviously joined uh, freshman two years ago, so his spring season was 2020. He was able to work his way up into number two in the lineup before everything got shut down, then became the true number one this past season, and he only lost three or four matches um, in the regular season. He really had his way with everybody, um, had a really good season, kept it up this summer playing pro tournaments. Um, and he's just he's just been really fun to follow as a as a left-handed player myself. I love watching uh, Holden play. Um, everything he does is everything I wish I could do. Um, and he's just he's just a really good player. Um, really nice guy. Just everything you would envision as a number one player at JMU. 
So now that we've kind of learned a little bit more about Holden and what he's brought to the table and will be bringing into the table potentially this fall and spring, Craig, what are some other players that have kind of had their opportunity to really learn this team last spring and have the opportunity to now continue to grow and develop for this season? Yeah, so just going off the top of my head, um, I wrote a story on Oscar Hernandez last semester, and he really just shot up the ranks of the team last year. Came over from Spain, shot up all the way to number two toward the end of the season. Um, He really helped them out um, as they made that push for the CEA once again. And if he continues to um, improve on what he did last year, he he just had a really good tournament last weekend. He can really help them out. Another player that comes to mind is uh, William Karpinski. He um, and his partner Holden, they won their doubles flight this weekend down on UNC Wilmington. So if they, if Holden and Willett and Karpinski turn out to be the number one doubles team and they can build that chemistry this this fall, that'll really help them out. Yeah, and did Jamie Men's Tennis bring on any freshmen at all this year or is it kind of just the same team returning as from the spring? So they brought on a freshman, Matthew Josserand. And they also, uh, Yusuf Sadik, um, redshirted last year. He's now with them this year. And they also are actually bringing somebody in the spring, Edison Sanchez from Mexico. But he's not. He'll be here in the spring. Um, so they're bringing in three, three new guys to the fold this year after losing three last year. Yeah, and just you know, how does that help Jamie Men's Tennis's depth overall? Well, it's going to help their depth as, as they look to um, get toward that CAA finals berth and hopefully either avoid UNC Wilmington or if they run into them, they'll be right there with them as they look to build. They know where their top their top guys are with Holden and probably Oscar if he's still up there. But they're going to hope for those freshmen um, to fill in those other spots, especially in the doubles. Because if they are going to get to a CAA Finals first, which is the goal, they're going to have to get the doubles point. Because in close matches, you have to win the doubles point. Because it makes it that much easier. You only need to get three singles courts out of six. So if those freshmen can step in, um, help out in doubles, or even help out in the uh, lower single spots, um, they're going to have a better chance. So now, you mentioned how this team over the weekend played at UNCW at the Josie Mike Invitational. What were some of the things that you saw? I mean, Jamie, you actually did have a pretty successful tournament there. No, they definitely did have a successful weekend. After a slow start on Friday, um, Oscar Hernandez did work through the top flight of the singles, went all the way to the semifinals, and ended up winning third in that bracket. Um, As I mentioned earlier, Holden and uh, Karpinski won the top doubles flight of that tournament, and um, they all all went unbeaten on that last day. Um, After starting slow, um, they all won their constellations, Holden, Matthew, they all all got up there, and that's really going to help them for later in the season. As they, you know, get more get more tournaments in, get more matches in. And yeah, that's just that's just how they get better. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about how important it is that they've had this great successful weekend to start off their season and going completely unbeaten on Sunday, that's a pretty big deal because you get to see early development and the fact that they were able to succeed in their early development is a really good sign as to how this team is going to continue to work and how they're going to find new pairings and work through everything, how they're going to incorporate their freshmen that we just talked about. All of that stuff is going to be really key to see what happens with this team for the rest of this fall season. I mean, yeah, any fall season dictates what happens in the spring there is no separation of them in reality so we're going they really are going to have to work but with putting new freshmen in and finding some new pairings that they might not have had last year I think it's going to be really key and beneficial all right Craig so we've kind of touched on it here and there but what do you think so far this season and looking ahead at their schedule in the fall what do you see that JMU men's tennis needs to get into the CAI finals this season I think to get to the CAA finals this season and to compete with you know the top 
team, uh, UNCW. They're just going to have to keep building experience. Um, they're going to get another tournament uh, this weekend where they're going to go to Elon, play another CAA team. Um, they're going to build that experience. And I think they're just going to have to keep playing, just going to have to keep playing high-quality teams. You know, Holden's obviously going to, you know, be where he is. They're going to hope that Oscar's right up there with him. But they're also going to hope that guys like uh, William Karpinski, going to hope that these freshmen like uh, Matthew and Yusuf Sadik, they're going to hope that these guys can fill in in this lineup. And also Mario Pena, didn't even mention him, who was really uh, useful at number six last year. They're going to hope that those guys can kind of fill the holes left by the three seniors that left last year. And yeah, they're just going to hope for some consistency and especially in the doubles pairs. Yeah, I mean, like looking at the broad scope of things, what who is a player that you really think has the opportunity to break out onto the scene this year that we might not know about from last season? Uh, like I just said, I think Mario Pena can be that guy to break out. Like I, like I said, again, we know who we know where Holden's going to be. We probably know where Oscar's going to be. But that third spot is probably kind of up in the air right now. And that could be Mario Pena's spot. It could be um, a freshman, but I think it, it could be Mario Pena. He you know came up big in some matches, clinched their one match last year. So I think for somebody to be uh, somebody to rise up the ranks, it could be Mario. So now that we've kind of taken a look at what each team brings, let's see what their schedule for the rest of the fall season has ahead for them. Now, what's interesting is none of the teams are hosting a tournament in this fall season. There's no chance that JMU will be playing in Harrisonburg in the fall. They're all going to be going to different places, which brings an interesting part of a a regular schedule in general because it's always a little bit more difficult when you're not playing on your home turf. Yeah, I mean, home court advantage is huge no matter where you are. So going to all these places, One, it's going to make them very road-tested for the year. Uh, It's going to be really helpful when they have to travel for the CAA tournament uh, for road matchups. And it's also going to really test their determination level and what they can do without home fans. So taking a look at the men's schedule, they've wrapped up the Jersey Mike's UNC Invitational this past weekend, and then they'll actually be taking on a CAA foe, Elon, at the Elon Fall Invitational this Saturday. Yeah, so then after Elon, um, that's when ITA start that next following weekend in October. For the players that go, that's going to be a great test. Um, the ITAs, all the best players in the country, that's where they go to Tulsa. And after that, they'll go to Richmond, another Virginia opponent. They'll have ITA Atlantic Regionals the following week, and then the cap off, they'll finish with ITA Atlantic Super Regionals for those who advance at Old Dominion. Seems like it's going to be quite a busy schedule for the Dukes on the men's side of tennis. But when we flip over to the women's, another situation where they're not home at all. So they have to go play on the road and be nice and road tested as CAA play looms over starting in the spring. But for next weekend, they're going to head over to College Park, Maryland for the Bedford Cup tournament. And that'll be a nice test for them to go ahead and start with. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're playing a team that is bigger, such as Maryland, such as Virginia Tech, it's not going to be an easy matchup. So while these are fall season matchups, these are really inevitably preparing them for the tough matchups they're going to have in the spring. And, you know, like looking at this women's tennis fall schedule, something to note is the ITAs and how, unlike the men's schedule, they're not back-to-back. Uh, you know, they're at Liberty on um, October 1st for the regionals. And then, you know, if anyone makes it to the Super Regionals, those are going to be in Charlottesville at UVA, but there's actually something in between, which is really different. Yeah, what's what's nice about that um, for the women that would make the Super Regionals is they'll get a practice tournament in between that, you know, when they qual- if they qualify, and, you know, they'll get to build off that when they go to Charlottesville for the Super Regionals um, toward the end of October, if they can build off that. So there you have it, a full breakdown of JMU men's and women's tennis as they've started their fall season and what's to come as they get ready to finish out a fall season and get ready for the spring season. So thank you. Is there any other thoughts that you have for us today, Craig? 
No, I think it's just going to be really exciting to see what these teams can do in the spring. Um, the women's obviously are building off their success, but I think the men um, also um, going to see some success in the spring, um, bringing in these young guys. Um, I think it's going to be really exciting in the spring. I'm really interested to see how the freshmen on both sides are going to do. Uh, we have some new freshmen with women's tennis and how even, you know, we have Hope Mullen, the sister of Kylie Mullen. So we're going to see how that relationship develops. But we also have a lot of foundational pieces for men's tennis and what they're going to do in the future behind Holden Coons. Absolutely. So once again, thank you so much, Craig, for joining us on our fifth episode of Duke Chat, breaking down men's and women's tennis. I hope you've had a great time joining us. No, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. And if you aren't already, go ahead and give The Breeze Sports a like and follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Breeze Sports. But until next time, this has been Duke Chat. <laughs>